Hello there and welcome to the second ever episode of the Off the Rails podcast with Ben and Nutia. My name is Ben. My name is Nutia. And we want to thank you for joining us today. So, events of the week. So there is something I have learned this week. Um, Growing up, my mom let me like mow the grass. She let me rip up all the carpet in the living room and we had wood floors underneath and we buffed them out. Uh, She let me rip up the linoleum, put down linoleum, but there is one thing she never let me do. And that was weed eat. And now that I'm a grown up and uh, I married somebody that's scared of spiders, one thing I have learned to do- very ferocious, so in my defense. Sometimes they're not. I have a lot of really good stories that I am definitely going to tell about times when Ben has run out of the room screaming because of spiders that were actually smaller than my pinky fingernail. They're ferocious. But anyway, so I've taken up weed eating and I just wanted to give you guys some um, some facts about weed eating, things that you can apply to your own lives if you're the one that weed eats in your house. So first of all, um, since I was never allowed to weed eat as a child, no one ever taught me how to do it. They were like, oh, you can mow the grass, but you can't weed eat because that string will come around and whip you in the leg. So, I mean, even my grandma was out there weed eating, but you know, that was fine because I had plenty of other jobs. So no weed eating for me until just recently. Um, number one, don't let your husband buy a $25 weed eater off of Amazon. That is not battery operated because you will spend half of your time trying not to weed eat the cord. I did think it was battery operated when I bought it. I should have read the description and I just thought $25 was a great deal. I didn't realize that a lot of the string wouldn't go to it and it would give a lot of problems. And I did try to show you how the weed eat. Like I said, don't let your husband be the one to purchase the weed ear. So that is fact number one. I even offered to weed eat for you. Until. Or weed eat in general. <laughs> and then you said you wanted to do it, so. Well, okay. there were also, there are also other reasons that factored oh. into why he didn't want to weed eat. The spiders. Yes. So. So I got there, so Ben's like wrapping the, he got some new weed eater cord because the other stuff was so flimsy. Every time I would go to weed eat something, it would just break. And so I would just stop in the middle. I'm like, well, we're just gonna look like homeless people who don't weed eat our yard, which is really what we look like before because we never really weed eated. So- It's just around trees. Anyway. There's a little bit around. So number one, don't let your husband buy a $25 weed eater. Number two, don't marry somebody who is scared of spiders. Don't adopt a child who is uh, scared of snakes, which she has a legitimate reason to be scared of snakes since she did get bit by one and they had to chop half her leg off. But here, I yesterday, because we haven't weeded it in years, I killed a baby snake and I thought, oh my goodness, if I continue this, that, where's its mom? Oh, where's its brothers and sisters? And then these huge wolf spiders, I didn't even know spiders could jump. Yeah, They're like coming down the wall and jumping at me like, get away from our domain. And I'm like, oh my soul, I cannot do this anymore. So anyway, I decided to stop weeding that spot and just go on to another spot. Yeah, see, I would have killed the snake, but when the wolf spiders started attacking, that's when I'm out. I'm sorry, I no. I will never understand. And I do have a reason to be afraid of them. Esther thinks that she's the only one with the legit reason because, oh, I got bit by a snake and lost my leg. Well, I looked down one time and there was a grand day long leg crawling on me and it almost gave me a heart attack. So I almost died too. And so, he took you. all of his clothes off, might I add, because I drove into the driveway of the Haven and he all. was like stripping. And I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, there's a spider on me. I was like, that's a granddaddy long leg. Anyway, okay, that's a different story. So number one, don't let your husband buy a $25 weed eater. Number two, don't marry somebody who is afraid of spiders and adopt a child who is afraid of snakes. Uh, number three, so don't chuck the weed eater across the yard in anger as all the string comes out um, while 
police are driving by because I don't know if there was some kind of like, I thought it was a drug bust or something in our neighborhood. We really don't live in a bad neighborhood. It's just that I think there was something crazy going on yesterday. So this whole parade of police cars drive by as I'm like throwing the weed <laughs> across the grass. I'm like, oh, this is the 10th time that string has come out. So um, in my list of things, do not chuck the weed eater across the yard as the police are driving by. Um, also, uh, just hire somebody to do it for you because that's, I paid this. That's good. Yes, I paid this guy who drove by yesterday. I'm like, hey, because he was like with a, you know, he was like with one of those lawn mowing services. So I paid the guy forty dollars to just basically do all these random chores for me. I was like, can you also get on the roof and get the sticks down? Uh, also, can you just weed it around the mailbox and the pole? Because that, because my weed eater only got me so far. Anyway, um, those are things you need to know if you are going to be the one to start the weed eating process in your home. So. Well, thank you for that. I would have weeded, but... Spiders. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to. Okay, but in my defense, another reason that the other day I could not weed eat is of how incredibly sore I am because I started working out. Okay, everybody, and this is the part where we play that track, like where everybody applauds because when Ben works out, it is really a big deal. Yes, like, this is true. And I've been doing it. And not only that, but I've been getting up at 5.30 in the morning to go do it. And so, like yesterday, it was leg day. And today, I'm walking like an 80-year-old man, um, even though I'm 31 and should be in my prime. But I'm, and and my hamstrings are really... more than it, anyone I've I'm very ever sore. met. Listen, so I'm the, very sore. the fact that he... And my chest is hurting. And... It's he's like over here like trying to show you this is a podcast and, and he's moving his arms and his shoulders I was back moving it to forth. show where it hurts and it hurts right there and it's just it's painful so i have an excuse because if i was doing the weed ear and also maybe because it's a 25 dollars weed ear but it's it's this kind of small and i'm six foot five so i have to like stoop over so i don't want to be a hunchback when i'm old i don't want to be anyway and if i weed eat i'm gonna have to be so thank you back to this working out thing so there's been many times like a few months ago i was started working out and he was like you know what to motivate you i'm gonna work out with you mm -hmm. so he does his p90x video one time i was like oh that was too much work never does it again so yeah. by the way i'm down 47 pounds now <laughs> So I'm really glad Ben is joining in. Yes. But uh, there was another time when you decided you were going to work out. He came into my classroom. He's like, he's like, babe, I'm going to uh, take the car somewhere. I don't want you to ask me where I'm going. Bye. And I was like, hmm. I was like, I feel like if he was going to cheat on me or just, you know, go somewhere, like he wouldn't announce that he was taking the car. But it was really fishy. So for three days, he did this. I'm taking the car. Don't ask me where I'm going. So after three days is up, yeah. he comes to me oh, and he's yeah. like, I need to confess something. I was like, go ahead. And he was like, I've been taking it to the Y so I could work out, but I didn't want you to find out because I didn't want you to pressure me into continually going. Mm -hmm. I was like, so three days Smart is it? Man. He was like, yep, I'm done now. He's like, so now I can tell you what I was doing. I was like, all right. But he's been pretty consistent now. So Yeah, it was it was, it was was hard. And um, see, I don't like to lift weights because they're heavy. And <laughs> I don't like to run because I get tired. So, But now I've got someone I'm working out with. And so that's a little bit extra motivation. It's not and me. I've been trying to get him to work out with me for years. But it's different kinds of working out. So um, so that is where I'm at. I am working out and I am sore. And so if you hear me, you know. Talk about his injuries, his so-called injuries. I'm making those quotation marks. I've had many injuries in my life. Okay. Probably my worst one oh my. was when I was in fifth grade. I remember this. I had a birthday party. 
and we were doing something outside and one of my friends, I don't know who it was, was running and I don't know if I was chasing him or if we were playing tag or something, but he ran into my finger, my ring finger, and it almost <laughs> fractured. It it was I went to the doctor, it was very badly jammed and swollen. And, so you jammed um, your finger. So was, his injury of jamming his grade. finger. Okay. It hurt a lot. So he they, was... they tried to put a little splint on it. I don't but I was like, I thought it had to be broken, but I didn't wear it because it was annoying. So Ben jammed his finger. Uh when I was in elementary school, I um was jumping on my neighbor's trampoline and broke my oh, leg. Oh. Yeah, you don't remember I, that. I've <laughs> broken several bones jumping on a trampoline. Other they people's. just weren't mine. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, Nathan. I remember in kindergarten, I was jumping on the tramp, or Nathan and Isaac were fighting or something, and I remember Isaac's like, get him, Ben, because it's all right there. So I got on the trampoline, and Nathan was underground, and I jumped as high as I could, and I, bam, I landed on his leg. I mean, not his leg, his arm. I'm sorry, I got excited. I landed on his arm, and his arm was broken. And another time, me and Isaac were jumping, and we bounced Jesse real high, and he broke his heel, or ankle or foot or something i don't remember so i have broken bones of the trampoline they just were not mine so in the tea you're not that special <laughs> so back to my actual injuries so i broke my leg on the trampoline and then i had a hard cast and i was so excited for everybody to sign it but that is actually when i got fat in life like my grandma and mom like i just sat around and did nothing and they just continually fed me and i couldn't Isn't do much for though? like six weeks but anyway so that was when i was in elementary school the same neighbor I was sitting in the driveway playing with the gravel and she ran over my arm with a bicycle. Mm. <laughs> so I kept on my mom. I said, I think my arm is broken. And sure enough, it was broken. So I broke my leg on the trampoline, broke my arm. She ran over it with a bicycle. Okay. But then there was this other time when I'm working at Lowe's because shortly after we got married, I worked at Lowe's for a little while. Um, I was driving the box truck, delivering appliances. Um, and, and I was opening one of the boxes and I must've cut my thumb on a box cutter with, with the box cutter or something or a piece of metal or something. I don't know. But, um, I looked down and there is blood covering my hand, covering the floor around me. There's a pool of blood. Looks like I'm in the middle of a murder scene and I don't know what's happening because I can't feel it because I don't know. I just apparently barely cut it. But the part I cut bleeds a lot, apparently. So I took a picture and I sent it to Nutia and she thought I was dead. I've never seen so much blood. So that was, it was pretty horrific. If you saw the picture, you'd think that was the worst injury out of all of them. Because I'm pretty sure your broken bones didn't have blood. So let's sum so. up Ben's injuries. So um, he jammed his finger in mm -hmm. the fifth grade. Yeah, and was, he, he cut his uh, thumb and, as an adult. But so. there was a lot of blood. And blood causes some people to faint. Okay, so... D did you it, faint? I didn't because that doesn't bother me. But I know people who would have fainted probably if they had seen all so the blood. So we cut his thumb. He jammed his finger. So and I broke I my, my leg. And I got my <laughs> ear cut open one time at camp. We were uh, golfing and I was trying to show someone how to golf the right way, being the good Samaritan I am. And, I, and before I can back up, he swings it and boom, it hits me right in the ear and cuts my ear open. And there was some blood on that one too, not as much as my thumb. But they also just glued that back too. I've never had stitches or anything. 
But that was traumatic. Okay, well, let's sum up Ben's injuries now that he added the ear. So he yes. jammed his finger in the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. He cut his thumb yeah. as an adult, and mm-hmm. then there was another time when he hurt his ear. I don't know so how I'm still alive. To I've be broken with you. my leg, like hard cast, broken my arm, hard cast, sprained my ankle so many times. Once I was doing like a cartwheel off a balance beam. I think one time I fell off a tree. Uh, now, granted, I have never had stitches, but I have had staples before. I had 25 of them, which brings us. To our story today. I have not had staples, but I have stapled paper papers together for my mom or for Nutia when teaching. So that's kind of like getting staples, I imagine. All right. <laughs> well, let's hear your story, Nutia. Okay. So first of all, this is a true story. And most of you who are listening to the podcast have probably already heard this story before, but it actually happened. I'm going to kind of set you up for it. So I went off to Bible college uh, in Santa Clara, California. And, and, and so this, you're going to be like, why are you giving me these details? But this is so you kind of get the full effect of this story. So when you're at Bible college, if you're not familiar with that, um, you wear skirts or dresses all the time. And so you don't really own anything other than your skirts or dresses. Well, the girls do. The boys do not. I just want to clarify. <laughs> so so I had been I had been gone forever. I was so excited because this summer we were going to be able to actually have Thanksgiving dinner, which is my favorite meal. And my grandma had already started making sweet potato casserole because I usually in the summertime traveled in a tour group where we sang. So I didn't get to come home for Christmas because I was staying there for my job so I could work, didn't get to come home for Thanksgiving. So I've been in California for however long. And so this is my first time I was finally going to get to come home. I was done singing in this tour group. Now, mind you, when you sing in a tour group, you travel constantly and people just feed you all the time. So you just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And so to set you up so you understand part of this story, I had just gotten home. I was singing at a wedding. And so I had on one of those girdles that like suck your gut in. So you look skinny, even though people still knew all I had done is eat on tour. So and then after the wedding, I went out to my grandma's house and she was telling me about all the things she was getting ready for tomorrow because we were going to have a Thanksgiving dinner. All the family was going to come in because we were going to celebrate Thanksgiving in the summer because my grandma was awesome like that. Well, after the wedding, after I had talked to grandma about that, one of my Uncle Don's friends came by with a four-wheeler. I was ecstatic. I was so excited because, like I said, you're constantly in a skirt all the time. You don't really get to do a lot of sports stuff out at college. So I was thrilled to be able to ride a four-wheeler. So I changed out of my dress clothes. Now, mind you, I still kept the girdle on. I'm not sure why. Put on a pair of like those guys' cargo shorts and a tank top, and we were off. It was my sister and I. At the time, I was 21. So that would make her, if she's five and a half years younger than me. Six. 15 or 16. Yes, okay. So we decided we were going to follow my uncle's friend. So he's on his four-wheeler in front of us. And we're behind him. So I'm driving the four-wheeler. Mariah's hanging on for dear life. Because that's what she did. Because it was a good idea to hang on for dear life. So we're driving and he kept taking us down all these back roads. He's like, oh, I want you to come sing for some of my friends. And the one thing mama said to us before we left was make sure you're home before it gets dark. I'm like, I've been gone to college forever. I am not going to disobey my mom. I'm going to make sure I get us home before dark. So he stopped and had to sing for some of his friends. And then we kind of parted ways because I was like, well, we should probably get home before it gets too dark. Well, I had no idea where we were, but I was confident that I could get us home. Well, so we started going down these roads. And I mean, first off, we were like, we were on paved road. Like we started off on the highway. Then we were on like this paved road. Then we were on this gravel road. Then we were on dirt roads. Like we were literally in the country, like in the sticks. 
So I am driving oh, about as fast as that four-wheeler can take us. And my sister keeps going, I'm sure mama would rather us get home in one piece than you driving so fast. And I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. But I have really bad depth perception and I wasn't wearing my glasses. <laughs> so I remember we're going down this road and it looks like it's a completely straight road. And then all of a sudden, it like it's a 90 degree angle turn. And when I realized that, I was going so fast that if I had turned the corner, I thought, well, we're going to fly off because anytime you're on a four wheeler and you turn the corner really fast, like you just, pew, you just fly right off. So I was like, okay, I'll try to slow down. Well, I did not slow down enough. And the next thing I know, like we're going as fast as we can. And then I wake up in the woods. Like I'm, I remember flying through the air, but then I remember landing face first. Like I'm face down on the ground. Like my face is in the dirt. I look up, the four-wheeler's like 40 feet from me. Like it is so far away and I was just on it. I look around, I'm still on my stomach, just like putting my hands on the ground, trying to get up, trying to look around. I cannot see my sister anywhere. And so now I'm panicking, Mariah, are you in here? Are you in here? And I can hear her going, I think so. She's like, I'm bleeding. So my first reaction is, okay, first of all, it's it's not dark yet. Like it's like the sun has, is going down. So I run out of the woods as fast as I can to the street because I'm going to flag somebody for help. Now, mind you, in the part of the uh, country where we were, it was kind of like, um, it was, it was a very racist part of town where we were. So here I am running out of the woods with leaves in my hair and I must have been covered in dirt and I'm trying to flag down anybody who would stop for me. This minivan like slows down for a minute, looks at me as I'm like waiting for help and speeds off. So here I am just standing in the middle of the road and like I had run out of the woods as fast as I could to try to get help. But so, you know, when you run really fast, like your side hurts. Well, I'm like, man, my side hurts so bad. And I look down and there's this huge slit, like in the bend of my leg on these khaki cargo shorts. And there's like a little bit of blood there. And I was like, oh my goodness. I was like, maybe that's why my side hurts. So I looked down at it. And since it's like a big slit in the shorts, I kind of pulled the slit apart. And when I did, I also pulled my stomach apart and my large intestine like fell out, like it came out. And the only reason I knew it was my large intestine is because, you know, in the science books, you see this like long skinny one is your small intestine. And then the, the large one has is big and lumpy. Like they look exactly like they do in science books. So I'm sitting there looking at it. And when I say fall out, it didn't like drop to the ground. But when I pulled my stomach apart, it just bloop, just right there, just started peeking through the skin and trying to pop out. And so here I am thinking, oh, great. Where's my sister? I've got to find Mariah. I was like, I've got to figure out how to get help for myself. But you know, cause, and when your adrenaline's going, it doesn't hurt as bad as, as you think it should when you're like, oh, she could see your intestines. Like I could see them. I was in pain, but I was also in like, let's go mode. So I'm like, Mariah, where are you? So she comes out of the woods. She comes over, she starts hitting me. She's like, I told you to slow down. I told you to slow down. I was like, I know, I am so sorry. I said, are you okay? And she's like, well, I'm bleeding. Well, Mariah was bleeding like she had gotten scratched by some thorns and, you know, was in the brush, but she wasn't actually bleeding. Like my intestines were hanging out and she had been scratched by some thorns. And so I was like, okay, Mariah, well, we've got to find help. Now, the reason I didn't tell Mariah that my intestine was hanging out is because by nature, she panics. So, you know, my goal in this situation is to keep her calm so I don't have to deal with her and me both. So I didn't even tell her my intestine was hanging out. I just said, okay, Mariah, we need to go get some help. I said, I think I'm bleeding too. I said, just go find some help. So 
I'm standing there and at this point I've got my shorts clenched trying to hold my stomach together to keep my intestine from falling out further. So I'm just standing there, I'm watching Mariah and she takes off and she runs about 10 feet. And then all of a sudden you hear her go, help, 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 help. And so she's yelling help, but mind you, the only thing within miles of us are cornfields. So there's like 12 cornfields and a cow, 12 cornfields, a barn. So I was like, who is she yelling help to? Like there was nobody on the street. There was, she's just yelling help, spinning in a circle, yelling help, like not even running anywhere. She runs the 10 feet to like get out from me a little bit. And then she's just running in a circle, yelling for help, but yelling to the cows. And I'm over here going, this is the part where I die because I have no idea what we're supposed to do now. So I realized she's panicked. I realized I have got to find help. Like, it's not like I'm bleeding out, but my intestines are now exposed and kind of outside of my abdominal cavity, even though I've got them kind of pushed back in. So I have to find help. So I start walking. So this is me. I'm squeezing my stomach together to keep my intestines in. For some reason, there was something wrong with my leg. So I'm just using one leg, dragging the other one behind me as I walk. And I'm like, I will find help. So I start walking a little bit and there is a trailer. I mean, I think the Lord just dropped that trailer out of the sky. It just appeared out of the middle of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, so Mariah, I'm looking at her. She's still running the circle, yelling for help. I'm like, she's occupied. I will go to this trailer. I will figure out how to get us help. So I knock on the door of the trailer and nobody is home. Knock again. I'm like, well, I'm just going to have to break into this house because I didn't know where we were, how far away we were from my mom's house. If the man, if my uncle's friend on the four wheeler was coming back. So I just, the door opens. I was like, oh, thank goodness. I didn't have to break anything to get in. So I walk into the trailer, like it's dark inside. I couldn't see much. I didn't know where any light switches were, but I see a little red flashing light. There was a phone. Nobody even had a landline. Like nobody had a landline. This is when people started having cell phones. They had a landline and I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus. So I'm holding my stomach in, praying I'm not bleeding at all on their floor. And I go over to the phone. I didn't want to just like sit down on their couch for them to just come home and be like, hey, there's a really large black girl with leaves in her hair hanging out on the couch. Who <laughs> broke into our house. So I'm like, I will just take this phone and sit on the front porch and call number one. But first, uh, before I call number one, I'm going to call my mom and grandma because I knew I could get a hold of them. I just knew it. So I'm sitting on the front porch. I must have called my grandma's cell phone a hundred times thinking, please pick up, just please pick up. But grandma and mama have a little bit of trouble hearing and the cell phone was actually inside on the table and they were sitting outside on the front porch, you know, looking and waiting for us to get home. So they <laughs> didn't pick up. So now I'm sitting on the front porch going, okay, I'm going to have to call 911 now. So 911 answers. Hello, this is 911. Please state your emergency. I'm like, hi, my name is Nutia. I'm in the middle of nowhere. I don't know what to do. My intestines are hanging out. I can't tell you where I'm at because I can't even see the street signs. And I think we're in the middle of nowhere. But I mean, I can kind of describe to you what's around me. There's trees. I said, um, I think my intestines are hanging out. My sister seems to be okay. So they're like, slow down, slow down. They're like, well, you're on a landline. We can figure out where you're at. So, you know, that made me feel better that they could like track where I, where I was because I'm over here thinking I am never going to be able to get them. I was like, where's the street sign? I was going to have to walk to the street sign. I was already having trouble walking. So they knew where I was. So they're like, okay, the ambulance will be there. You just sit tight. And so I hung up the phone. I look out there and my sister is still running in the same circle yelling, help, help, help to the cows. Like the whole conversation, like I've already broken into the house already brought the phone outside, called my mom and grandma, called 911. She's still asking for help. So I was like, I should probably go stop her. So I put the phone down on the porch and I got, I walked down the little steps and I was like, Hey Mariah, it's okay. I got help. It's fine. So Mariah comes back 
And so I didn't just want to be sitting on their porch. So I was like, we'll just sit in the front yard. So we'll, we'll sit in the front yard so they don't think I've broken into their house when they come home. So this is the part of the story where I start feeling sick. Like I kept thinking, man, I'm going to pass out. And then I realized, cause I was having a really hard time holding my intestines in. Like it was like they were being pushed out. Well, remember I had just come from that wedding. I had this girdle on. It's like this really long underwear that's really tight that sucks you in. And so it was so tight at the top. It was pushing my intestines out farther. I'm like, I have got to get these off. And so I was trying to explain to Mariah. Now, Mariah still doesn't know my intestines are hanging out. At this point, you know, she's a little bit calmer because she knows help is on the way. So I was like, I need your help real quick. And she was like, okay. I was like, I'm going to take my shorts off. I was like, I'm going to take this girdle off because I'm not feeling real good. Still didn't tell her my intestines were hanging out. So she's holding my shorts. I'm trying to pull this girdle down around. Like I'm trying to hold my guts in while she's trying to help me take it off. So she doesn't know because I'm still clenching my stomach pretty tight. So the girl's off. I'm like, just throw it in the woods <laughs> because it's just this long underwear. So she's throwing it in the woods. And I was like, okay, put my clothes back on me. And so now I'm standing in this front yard with nothing but my shirt on. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, the ambulance is going to be here. I need you to get me dressed. So she holds out my shorts for me to put my leg into. And she's like, you've got to lift up your leg to put your foot in the hole. And I was like, I am. So... I thought in my mind I was lifting my leg up, okay? But it was not moving. And I'm thinking, just put my clothes on me. I'm standing in this yard butt naked. And so Mar Mariah was like, Mariah, I need you to just lift my leg up. My leg is not working. So Mariah's like trying to hold the shorts. And now I'm trying to hold one side. She's trying to lift my leg up to put them inside this hole. I'm like, faster, faster. I was like, I don't know when these people are getting here. So finally we get my shorts back on. It's a little easier to hold my intestines in now because that girdle wasn't like squeezing me to death pushing them out the bottom. So now Mariah's sitting in the yard and I'm leaning up against her. And I kept thinking I was going to fall asleep. I was like, Nutia, do not fall asleep. I was like, do not close your eyes. Mariah will think you're dead. So I'm trying to make conversation. Well, then I see the, the guy, my uncle's friend, who's on the other four-wheeler, who the four-wheeler belongs to, drive up. He's like, what are you guys doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm so thankful you're here. I was like, um, uh, I wrecked your four-wheeler. He's like, what? I was like, he's like, where is it? I was like, it's in the woods somewhere. I don't even know where it's at. I was like, but I think I'm hurt. He was like, well, just get on the back of this four-wheeler and I'll take you to your mom and grandma. I'm thinking there's no way all three of us are fitting on this four-wheeler. Like, do you see how large I am? <laughs> and first of all, I'm thinking there's no way I can like get on the back of the four-wheeler and wrap my legs and my arms around you because I'm holding my guts in and so I knew it wasn't going to work. I was like, listen, I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm too hurt to get on the back of your four wheeler. Um, and then I was like, but don't worry. We already called 911. So this man, uh, another little, little tidbit about my family. A lot of people in my family like drink, like are alcoholics, like drunk. So my uncle and his friends, that's what they did for fun. They just sat around and drank all the time. Well, this friend was drunk, but mind you, he was on his four wheeler and we were on another one. So it wasn't like we were with him. But he had this huge keg of beer on the back of his four-wheeler. And so because he was so drunk, in his mind, when we said 911, he was like, you got the cops involved in this? I'm out of here. So he just like peels out and just leaves us, just leaves us in the middle of nowhere. My intestines are hanging out. Mariah screaming, please don't leave us. Please don't leave us. I'm like, if you leave, you better bring somebody back. I was like, bring my mom back. So I'm over here yelling as he's driving away. Mariah's bawling her eyes out. I'm like, this is a disaster. So now she's crying and I'm sitting here goes, it's okay, Mariah, don't worry. 911 is coming. I was like, the ambulance is coming. He didn't even wait to hear us say the ambulance is coming. Just 911. He's like, you called the police. So he was gone. So now we're just sitting here waiting. Well, 
in the amount of time that happens, all of a sudden my mom drives up like simultaneously as the people who own the trailer drive up. So they're driving up at the same time. And I was like, thank the Lord my mom is white because I could just see them right now getting their shotgun out because we were just in a really bad part of town for us to both be black. And so these people, and they were looking at us like, why are these two girls in our front yard? And so my mom comes over and she puts her hands over her mouth and she's like, oh my goodness. And I was like, what? She was like, I can see your intestines. I was like, shh, we are trying to be quiet and keep Mariah calm. So she's calm. So the people who own the trailer, it's a man and a wife and they turn the car lights on because now it's getting a little dark. And she, she was a nurse, believe it or not, she was a nurse. So they're staring at me and you know, Mariah's talking to mama. I'm showing them my entry. They're just looking at me like nobody will touch me. Nobody will do anything. So I was like, don't worry, the ambulance is here. And I was like, hey, I want you to know I did not mean to break into your house. I just needed to use your phone. So here I am trying to justify the fact that their phone is on the front porch, their front door is open and we're sitting here in their front yard. So, I, so we're waiting there. And the ambulance finally pulls up, okay? So the ambulance, they bring out this stretcher and this stretcher is like six inches wide. Now I am obviously more than six inches wide. So in my mind, I'm like, how are they gonna get me on that? Like, and I knew that's what they were doing. And so they were looking at like where my intestines were and they were afraid to touch me. So they're trying to get me onto the um, stretcher, but it's like not every day you're hoisted into the air by these two guys on this little tiny stretcher. And all I think is if you drop me and I roll off my intestines, like, because I'm holding my intestines in, they will just unravel. I just pictured the dogs coming to eat them. And <laughs> anyway, it's amazing the things that you think of whenever you're injured. So they get me onto this stretcher. And so they're trying to strap me in. So like they put a strap over my legs. They put a strap over my chest. They're like, hey, listen, we can't put anything on your stomach to stabilize you. We'll just kind of hold you on here. I was like, okay. And so I'm like having this conversation with them. I could hear my mom. Uh, mom was like, you want me to ride with you? I was like, no, just drive behind us and take Mariah. So at this point, now I'm in the ambulance with these two ambulance guys and my mom is riding with my sister in the car. So let me remind you guys that all of this has happened before the ambulance gets there. If you're ever in an emergency situation, you should probably just call a taxi because it's cheaper and they'll take about the same amount of time to get there. So, and part of it was because we were in the middle of nowhere that it took so long, but we pull out of the driveway and these streets are so curvy and I'm like, I am going to throw up. So they're like looking for something. I was like, I'm just kidding. I'm not actually going to throw up. Like I've thrown up maybe four times in my entire life. I was like, I just feel like it. I was like, probably because my guts are hanging out. And so I'm just talking to these people and then there's this one tiny window in the ambulance and we're going down the street. We passed my church. I was like, oh, I was just singing there a little while ago. And I was like, yeah, I've been off to college in California and I just came back. So I was telling them all about how I went to college in California, how I was singing at a wedding. And then I started singing them a song because I thought, well, that'll get my mind off the fact my guts are hanging out and I don't feel real good. So as I started singing them a song, the guy reaches over and he puts his hand on me and he's like, did, did you hit your head? I'm like, what? No, no, listen, I sing to everybody. This is just what I do. I was like, you probably think I'm crazy because I'm talking about going to college in California and I don't have shoes on. I said, but I normally wear my shoes and I don't always have leaves in my hair. I said, really, I go to college in California and I was really just singing at that wedding like I was. And so they start talking to each other. I'm like, I did not hit my head. And then I started to second guess myself and I'm like, did I hit my head? I'm like, I feel like Mariah and I like came to at the same time. So I'm trying to explain to them that no, I think I just hit the ground with a thud and then got up and like, but I wasn't passed out. So now they've convinced me I hit my head and now I'm second guessing myself. So it really sounds like I've hit my head. So we pull into the hospital parking lot finally. The ambulance doors open and there is my aunt. And I was like, 
what are you doing here? And she's like, oh, I heard real fast and I got, I live closer. So I was thinking, how did she get here before me? But like I said, we were in the middle of nowhere. So she's talking to the ambulance guy, like, like by name, like, hey, Frank, blah, blah, blah. And they're just hemming and hawing it up. And I'm like, oh, you guys know each other? Like, mind you, I'm still like being reeled on this stretcher while I'm trying to hold my intestines in. And they're just talking over me. And she's like, how does it look? He's like, it's not looking real good. I'm thinking, I'm right here, guys, right here. So they're wheeling me in. So they, we get into the emergency room. The doctor comes in. The only thing I could think of was how bad my leg hurts. Because you know how legs are supposed to lay out flat on a stretcher? Well, the leg that was not working was like up a little bit and bent. So it was not even touching the bed. And I was like, it hurts really bad because whatever muscles are keeping it in this weird stiff position. So I kept asking, I'm like, hey, can somebody put something under my leg? Nobody cares about your leg when your guts are hanging out. Nobody cares about anything when your guts are hanging out. So I'm over here just wishing somebody would just please prop my leg up so it wasn't having to do all this work. So they're like touching me everywhere, looking at my intestines. They're like, yeah, we're going to have to go ahead and put her in surgery now. And I was like, can I please just have a pillow for my leg? So somebody, my aunt finally comes and puts a pillow under my leg. And so now everybody's out of the ER part. And they're like, we're going to have to go ahead and put her in surgery. And um, they're like, let's go ahead and put a catheter in her. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what a catheter is, it's what they put inside of you so that you don't have to use the bathroom during surgery. Well, when I heard that, I was like, can we just wait to put that in until I'm asleep? Like, won't I be asleep in just a minute for this surgery? We're going to have to put it in now. It took two people to pry my legs up to put that in. And I'm like, no, no. And then they finally got in. I'm like, oh, that wasn't that bad. So, so I am now, well, let me, I skipped part of it. I'm so sorry. So before that they were like, okay, well, we're going to have to um, go ahead and get your clothes off you so we can get you prepped for surgery. So all I could think is, no, I just bought these clothes to go four-wheeling in because like they were new. Like, remember, I've been at Bible college. I'm not even allowed to wear shorts. So I'm like, please don't cut these clothes. And so they just take these scissors and just start slicing down my clothes. I was like, can you just leave part of them on because half the church is going to be in here in a little bit. And I really don't want like, you know, all my body just <laughs> laying out everywhere. I was like, just, just leave part of my underclothes on. Nope, they just cut everything off. And so they're like, okay, we're gonna go ahead and take her into surgery. And so I remember them, like they count to you in this weird way after they give you anesthesia. And I'm thinking, I'm awake, I'm awake. And then I just wasn't awake anymore. And so I wake up and I'm in the ICU unit and I have this tube hanging out my nose. Like that was the first thing I noticed when I woke up and it was like full of brown stuff. So here I am trying to jerk this tube out of my nose. They're like, no, 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 don't do that. And they're like, this tube is, is going through your nose, down to your esophagus, into your intestines. We're trying to um, suck any food out of your intestines because we want to make sure that um, just in case your intestines were severed a little bit, nothing like falls into your abdominal cavity. And so all I could think is, ew, gross. <laughs> and I just could bear, like, it was just bothering me because it was in my nose. And so I remember thinking, I am so thirsty. Like I was parched. And so I'm like, water. And they wouldn't give me any water. They're like, honey, you can't have any water right now. I'm thinking, well, anything. So somebody brings in ice chips. I remember my dad coming in and my dad's over there trying to feed me ice chips and his hand is shaking and they're just dropping all over me. I was like, mama, mama, mama. So mama comes over and she's feeding me ice chips. And I just like, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, because all of a sudden, you know, people from church start coming in and here I am with my hair looks like I stuck my finger in a light socket. It still has leaves in it. Like I had had my nails done for this wedding and they were just completely black. Like there's still dirt all over me. Like I, it's like I just rolled in the dirt and <laughs> was in that hospital bed. And so the church people start coming in and I'm like, you know, couldn't really talk or do anything, but I just kept thinking I have got to be so gross right now. 
So I'm in there. <clears throat> For some reason, they're having trouble getting my fever down. They kept saying, well, her fever's up, her fever's up. Well, come to find out. I've, so three days I stayed in that ICU unit. Three days. My fever would not go down. They couldn't figure it out. Well, I look down and my arm starts turning blue, like Kentucky blue. Like, And I am brown. So... <clears throat> For me to turn blue, it's really, really strange. And so I was like, uh, I think something's wrong with my IV. So they come in, they're talking, they're like, oh, somebody infiltrated her IV. So instead of any of the medicine going into my system, it's all just been going into my arm. Like my arm's just filling up with medicine. That's how my fever wasn't going down. So they switched the IV from my right arm to my left arm. And then they come in and they put this bar above my bed as if to say, oh, you can use that to help yourself up. Well, I've got 25 staples in my stomach. They've got my leg up in this little thing because there's, I had ripped some kind of ligament in my leg, which is why it wasn't working. And I'm thinking, they want me to move? Like, do they want me to move? Like, the only way to get my arm back to normal state, like, they put a warm cloth on it, and that medicine just had to soak back into my arm. So, you know, on the third day when they realized what was happening, finally, my fever went down because they were getting medicine into my body. So they switched me from the ICU unit to the regular hospital. Now, I have, mind you, I have 25 staples in my stomach. Like, it was, it ripped up about... um eight inch or seven inches. So it was a seven inch rip and it's just right in the bend of my leg where my intestines were hanging out. Well, they had to rip it up about an inch and a half more. So it's an eight and a half inch scar now because they had to go inside and make sure nothing was severed, make sure there was nothing inside of my stomach because it had been open. And luckily there was actually no, no severing in my intestines, nothing wrong um, with the actual intestines. They just, it busted open and they fell out. So now I am over here in the hospital. The lady doesn't know that I'm in there for my stomach. She thinks I'm in there for my leg. So she's like folding the blanket and putting the remote controls on my stomach. I'm like, excuse me, you just put those right on my staples. She's like, oh, I didn't know you had staples. I'm so sorry. I'm thinking, what well, is there not a chart for these things? So now I'm in the regular hospital and the neighbor, uh, the my the neighbor comes in and I guess the four wheeler had not just belonged to the it actually belonged to um my uncle's friend but my neighbor had come in because I guess he was the one you know taking care of it and he was like oh how are you and I was like good I was like how's the four wheeler and he's like the one you wrecked and I was like yeah because I knew he was the one to pick it up he's like well we found it it didn't even have wheels on it so I mean we just tore through this huge like we went back later on and you can see where the four-wheeler just plowed down all of these trees and we just boop, like we must have flown so far from that four-wheeler but i mean it left this huge opening so anyway so we wrecked that four-wheeler like we really wrecked it so neighbor's gone now the doctor comes in he's like you are one lucky girl my mom is like she is blessed my daughter is blessed he's like blessed lucky whatever you want to call it it was about two millimeters from hitting her femoral artery in her leg. And that's the main artery that runs to your leg. You hit it and you would, I would have just bled out right there. He said it was just a couple, <laughs> he said it was just a couple millimeters from actually um, severing my intestines. I guess they would have actually ripped my, it would have ripped my intestines. So my guess is I was trying to figure out, cause he couldn't figure out how this huge, like how my stomach opened. So I think, cause it couldn't have been the four wheeler handles. Cause I flew off the four wheeler. I feel like if I'd gotten the handle stuck in there, it, it would have punctured me more. I'm thinking because I was like, you know, large and round, like a balloon. I think I flew through the air. And I think when I landed like there, it popped. Like, I think I just popped open because it was just this clean cut. He said, honestly, he's like, there wasn't a lot of blood because it was just this very clean cut. And you could see, like, I could remember the skin, like, a, like, 
I don't know if it's just because my belly is bigger, but like my skin was so thick. I remember it being like an inch thick on each side as my intestine was hanging out and just little pieces of skin like falling down my leg. But he was saying that it was just such a clean cut. I'm like, it must have been like a balloon pop and it just like ripped at the seam. So, but honestly, he's like, everything inside is good. He was like, you know, you might have, a, you might be able to feel it for a while. And I could like, I could feel my food move through my body. I could feel like where their fingers had been for the longest time after I would eat. But honestly, I stayed in there for nine days. My leg, they were telling me I had something ripped. At first they wanted me to go back into surgery, but then they ended up saying I could do physical therapy. But then I realized that you had to pay for physical therapy. So I never did go. And now when I get into a good run, my leg just kind of drags behind me. But honestly, the Lord really watched out for me during this whole thing because the fact that it was so close to my femoral artery and the fact that I could have had so much more wrong, but I was in the, I was in the hospital for nine days. And after that, uh, I was, I mean, they sent me home. They couldn't really give me pain medicine when they sent me home because they couldn't really give it to me in the hospital. There was this time they tried to give me a Laura tab. Like they took me off whatever was in the IV, gave me a Laura tab. And I swore there were black people with afros and tie dye bell bottom outfits spinning in circles and hitting me with pillows. I remember yelling, stop hitting me with pillows. And like, it was like being in a disco. And my mom was like, nobody's hitting you with pillows, honey. But so they took me off that medicine real quick, sent me home with Tylenol. And after that, I was able to go back to college. I had to stay out that semester. And then I went back the next semester. Then I ended up having to come back again for a whole nother surgery, but that's another story. So that is my injury. Well, I just want you to know that everyone will probably agree with me that even though your injury took longer to explain, mine was more traumatic because like the doctor said, when I went for my finger, it's, and I quote, pretty badly jammed. So <laughs> thank you, Nutia, for that story, but it's the second worst injury of this podcast. And I think everyone will agree. You know, I think we should probably take a poll. That's what we should do. We should take a poll to see who thinks Ben's injuries are worse than mine. Yes, let's do that. Okay. So on our new Facebook page, wow, what a plug. On our new Facebook page, Off the Rails Podcast with Ben Nutia, you can just like the page and we will put up a poll over who had the worst injuries. And I know everyone's going to vote for me. I'm already comforting Nutia because she's going to lose. So if y'all want to do that, and then also you can email us at offtherailspodcast21 at gmail.com. If you want to email or put something on Facebook on, your, on the uh, Facebook page and tell us a story about a horrible injury that you have suffered. And you can do it as long as you want. And if there is one that really cracks us up, we will even read it on one of the next podcasts with dramatic music in the background and everything. So if y'all want to do that, you can email us, put it on the Facebook page, whatever you want to do. But thank you very much for listening to the second episode of the Off the Rails podcast with Ben and Nutia. I'm Ben. This is Nutia. And we will be back with another episode very soon. Have a good night. Or day.